everybody to the nations worldwide this is episode 87 of the travel couple podcast where we introduce you to a couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money living that travel lifestyle we're your hosts mike pletz and natalie tune in every wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world this is your one-stop podcast for travel relationship and business goals in this episode we're joined by jenny and henry of hoopla adventures they are an english scottish travel couple who have worked and house-sitted their way around the world we talk with them about what they do to earn money while on the road and how you can house-sit your way around the world from applying to becoming a house-sitter yourself so without further ado here's our interview with jenny and henry Today we are joined by Jenny and Henry of Hoopla Adventures. They are an English-Scottish travel couple who are house-sitting their way around the world and documenting their travels on their website. You can follow them online at hoopladventures.com. That's H-O-O-P-L-A adventures.com. Hello, Jenny and Henry, and welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hello. Yeah. Cheers for having us. Thanks so much for joining me here, and I just want to start this interview off by getting to know a little bit more about the two of you. Give our audience a little bit of a rundown about your backgrounds, how the two of you met, and how you got to where you are today. My background is in journalism, so I trained as a journalist quite a few years ago now, Um, and we met several years later, so I've kind of worked between... PR and hospitality management, quite a a mix. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was like a, a restaurant manager as well uh, and worked as a copywriter and I ran the PR for like a small family chain of uh, pubs and restaurants in Edinburgh. And then I met Henry at a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> although we actually met a bit before that because uh, we, it looks like we actually met at the engagement party about two years beforehand because there's a photo of the two of us but we're stood back to back completely ignoring each other and neither of us remembers it either we don't remember that first meeting yeah we don't remember meeting which is great yeah (laughs) but um but you know we we hit it off at the wedding and henry uh well you can describe what you were doing at the time oh I, I, i was best man at the wedding it was um it was a same-sex wedding, um, so we, I was there as best man to one of the brides, and we had a sort of stag Hindu party beforehand, which is where we first really met and hit it off, and then um, kind of kind of ended up sitting next to each other at the reception and, and really got on. Yeah, well, the funny thing was I'd actually taken my brother to the wedding, and Henry thought it was my date, so yeah. <laughs> So he was avoiding me for a bit. And then and then I realized I was like, hey, Henry, this is my brother. And he was like, ah, OK. Um, but we lived long distance, um, a long distance away from each other at the time. So Henry was in Brighton. Um, right down on the south coast whilst you were up in Edinburgh. So, yeah, it was for about six months we kept in touch um, over... Uh, over Skype mostly Um, and I convinced him to move up to Edinburgh which 
didn't exactly take much convincing. No. Great city to come from, so it's like, um, and you came up, and I think we were there how long? Maybe a year. I think about eighteen months. But eighteen months, yeah. Um, but we we kind of even on the night we met, we talked about the fact that we both wanted to travel. Henry had plans to go to Brazil, which still hasn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, Four years later, I still haven't got to Brazil. <laughs> but, oh, we'll get them. Um, and like the very first night we met, and we kind of connected on that as well. Like it was like something that we both wanted to do. And we were both um, planning on doing it, albeit separately at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> so it kind of it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we both kind of had a similar agenda in life I guess um and yeah it kind of went from there yeah so what kind of prompted this this travel that you've been on together like obviously you two both had this love of travel coming into this relationship as you talked about it beforehand but what what was the catalyst to going on on a you know this adventure together well I think actually to begin with the my friend had worked well I wanted to travel anyway but my friend had worked doing seasonal work like working at music festivals for a summer and I said to Henry I was like wouldn't that be really cool (laughs) to do that um and I'd never really done music festivals before then yeah Uh, I think it was about I think the first one we worked was about my third ever music festival and his first was actually our first date. Yeah. <laughs> so I took the day out. after the wedding, I spent like a hundred pound getting across to a music festival for about three or four hours to go and see her. So, <laughs> true romance right there. Yeah. So it kind of um, so music festival something like over the years since I was about 18 I've worked at loads of them and I've gone to loads of them um so for me to do a season of them was like yeah let's do that um which is actually where the name hoopla comes from because we kind of described it as running away with the circus because <laughs> so, yeah. it was like um because we were doing this events work uh, where we were managing bars and um things like that and building bars and all kinds of living so, out of the back of the car yeah <laughs> uh, and that's kind of where where it started with the blog yeah yeah so. it really started as a, a a thing for our friends and family to keep track of what we we're up to and and stuff like that um and we just we just posted about our, our seasonal work and everything and then it's just sort of grown from there um, yeah and when we were there we met other people who worked in France so we did a little short stint in the Scottish Highlands and then went moved to France after that um, in the Alps yeah did the ski season um where we were sort of managing in a hotel um well you basically were managing the hotel yeah. <laughs> um and the seasonal work is sort of spawned into travel and other other things. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, start, it started off as a fun summer of festivals, and it's just morphed and changed from there. Now, uh, you talked about, you know, all the travels that you've been on, and you talked about when you first met, you, you started talking about travel. But where did this love of travel come from? Uh, you know, when like, where did this all start from for the both of you? I remember 
going right back to when I was very small, reading the books by Gerald Durrell about uh, like his adventures in Madagascar and that. And it's always fascinated me. And I've been a big follower of people like Ray Mears and Michael Palin doing his travels and things like that. Always wanted to travel and see the world um, and just sort of live life on the open road, so to speak. Uh, so that certainly for me, that's where that came from. I don't know where it's about you. Oh, about me. Um, I don't know. I've always just had this innate thing. <laughs> I just really wanted to travel. I didn't um, uh, grow up with much money and not in a really sad way. I'm <laughs> not going to get into it. But uh, we didn't we couldn't really afford to travel very much. Uh, we did what we could. But yeah. um, so I didn't go abroad until I was 14. Um and, you know, I only live in the UK, so going abroad isn't such the big deal <laughs> that it is maybe if you're going from the US to somewhere. But, um, but yeah, I was on that first trip. I went to uh, Spain and then to Morocco uh, with my mum and my, and my family. Uh, and there... I don't know. I just always really wanted to. <laughs> I'd probably have to give a shout out to David Attenborough. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, <as well. laughs> That's right. Michael Palin, for sure. Um, and all these documentaries. I've always been fascinated with documentaries as well. Like, even like as a teenager, I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. That didn't really turn out. <laughs> I ended up going into journalism instead. But, um, but yeah, I think that's just, I don't know. It's just always, maybe because I was a little bit deprived of it. Uh, when I was younger. Yeah, same. I just kind of wanted to really go for it one day. Now, continuing on on this theme of travel, and we touched on it a little bit in that last question, but I do like to start off these this travel theme questions with a simple two-word question that I ask all the guests that come on the show. It's a very simple question, but for so many couples, it has such a complex response. And that is, why travel? I would always say I want to see the world. I want to visit all countries and experience all the people's culture, food, etc. I'm like a big thing for me is yeah, like culture. But the food is massive for both of us. We both have. My mum was a chef, and Henry's dad was a chef <laughs> by coincidence. Um, so we um, both have a, a huge love and appreciation of food. Yeah, so <laughs> that twinned with. Um, I just want to learn more. I just I yeah. don't know. I just always really want. To, I just love learning. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And just and it's the best way. It's a university of life, isn't it? Like it's the best way to get out and see there and open your mind. And every place brings something new to learn. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And getting into more about the places you've been to. Where were you last? Where are you right now? And then where are you going to next? Last place was a a brief. Four day sit, I think it was, wasn't it? it just outside Munich, um, which we which we did with three cats and a dog. Mm-hmm. We're currently in the UK, back here for for Christmas, so we're down in England uh, till thirtieth of December, and then we're up to Edinburgh for six weeks, mostly to see family and sort of things. Yeah, um, and whatnot, and then we head back out to Germany again. So it was a big loop from Germany. <laughs> Back to Germany again yeah. next year, um, but 
we're in Oxfordshire just now currently, as well, yeah. which is very pretty. <laughs> and uh, so I, I see your travels. You're you're doing a lot of you know Europe travel, and 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 you talked about that loop from Germany. Is this is this like a draw for you too? Is Europe like your main uh, area that that you wanna wanna travel, or are you wanting to also get to other countries and everything? want to do other countries but at the moment you've got the whole issue of brexit at the moment um coming through in, in the uk and we don't know how that's going to affect uh our possibilities for travel within europe so f- for the moment we're kind of focusing on europe next year we're, we're touching down into morocco but we want to spread out from that maybe hit up the middle east afterwards or go over to the states we don't know yet but realistically we want to hit hit every country in the world so it's it's, a big goal yeah it's a big goal but i think we can do it maybe hopefully (laughs) something like that yeah i mean europe is massive there's over 50 countries yeah i think we were um maybe touching us a bit later but we were somewhere for a, a year and being based somewhere didn't really allow us to travel as much as we thought it would mm-hmm. um so i think at this point we thought we'd be a lot further through our travels in europe that, um but it wasn't the case but we're doing a lot next year so yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think we're nine or ten so far booked for next year looking back at your your travels through europe is there Putting you on the spot here, is there one destination, one city, or one country that you would recommend somebody that they should definitely check out? Italy. <laughs> I knew that he was going to say that. was coming. Henry, Henry has, he wants to move to Italy. <laughs> He's well, already. When everything's all said and done, I want us to move to Italy. Um, I've been going on at, about it for about three months. To be fair, it's one of the most visited countries in the world, but it is for good reason. It's like the like I'm gonna go on about the food again. The food is spectacular. Uh, it's right, like the people are lovely. Yeah, and um, to be honest, once you get outside of the the big touristy cities, there is actually an awful lot to see. So it's 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 one that you can be very touristy and go to places like Rome and Venice and stuff like that. Or you can go into the countryside and and find really fabulous little historic towns and villages that no one else ever finds. Exactly. So, I mean, we do have a big love for other countries. Slovakia as well. If you're looking for something off the beaten path, so to speak, Slovakia is definitely a country to to visit. Um, But we lived there. But again, we'll we'll (laughs) we'll chat about that in a bit, I guess. But... um, but yeah, we. Yeah, Slovakia is Slovakia is definitely an off the beaten path destination, yeah. whereas Italy is more more mainstream. Yeah. When you were when you were living in Italy, where did you live, or did you move uh, from from place to place uh, when it, when you were in Italy? Well, we did two stints in Italy. One was in uh, Umbria, and the other one is in Tuscany, and and they're next door to each other. And Umbria is basically Tuscany, but cheaper. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got all the good attributes. It's known as the green heart of Italy. So a lot of uh, the country's like veg and food and stuff comes from there. Um, and yeah, it just it looks the same. It's got the same <laughs> trees and um, and it's 
beautiful little hilltop towns and yeah. it kind of has the, the the charm of Tuscany as well but it's obviously yeah. it's a bit cheaper but, yeah it's not got the name uh, that Tuscany does everyone goes it's, it's not got the Tuscany tourism. will go to Tuscany yeah it's, it's not got the tourism it's kind of got the it's where the St Francis Cathedral in SEC so it's got quite a, a big pilgrimage that kind of go there um, yeah. it's like a pilgrimage kind of trail through there but um in terms of like mainstream tourism there's not much but it is equally as beautiful so yeah we lived kind of between uh, umbria and tuscany now if you were to return you know continuing on italy because italy is such a beautiful country and all that but if you were to return to italy and uh live there for another stint where would you stay if we're going to go back i would like to see more of the south yeah. um i would I like to go to Puglia. Um, yeah. Puglia, Sicily, Sardinia. Yeah, I do have a thing about going to Sicily. I really, <laughs> I really want to go there. Um, she wants to join the mafia. <laughs> edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really, actually, my bucket list thing to do is to go around, uh, go to the Dolomites. Um, and hang around around there um, for a holiday. I've got like a whole route yeah. <laughs> that I want to do that goes through Austria into Italy in Trieste. So that's where right. <laughs> you and your plans. Now, getting into the different types of experiences that you two have had when traveling, because obviously when you're traveling, you have, you know, ups, downs, and everything in between. So I want to get into some of these with you, starting with a really positive experience or the most rewarding travel experience that you two have had together, that that time in a destination that just really blew you away or an interaction with a local that you loved or just something that was just rewarding for the two of you. At one of our last sits in Italy, like we walked into the local bar no one knew us, and within about 10 minutes, sort of, we had anyone in the village that could speak English surrounding us, trying to talk English at us, and just so welcomed us in uh, without sort of even even a question. Yeah, for me, I think um, this is actually something I didn't do with Henry, so maybe I feel bad, um, but I... In the summer, I had uh, I volunteered with um, a program in the Czech Republic and went up to Prague and uh, was like sort of like an English immersion camp um, for people. And I had you had to mentor somebody, and I got a mum and a son, like a teenage son. He was like 17, 18, um, and they were. Um, I was mentoring them for the week and then they had to give a presentation in English at the end of the week. Um, and for me, uh, yeah, doing that program was really cool. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I met so many nice people and like a bunch of um, locals as well. And yeah, it was actually really, really rewarding. It was quite cool. <laughs> but um, and of course, I think our time in, in Umbria, we're actually looking after um, kids, essentially all parent, but I'm um, uh, maybe we're a bit old to all pair, but <laughs> that's essentially what we're doing. You're never too old, <laughs> no. Um, and we're still in touch with that family, and now we've gone to see them. Every, um, well, we will go to see them every year. We went to see them this year. Yeah, yeah, um, they've sort of become our second family, haven't they? Yeah, so <laughs> our Italian family. Yeah, so we still keep in touch with the kids and. Um, 
yeah and obviously we yeah we spent time as teachers as well so it's I think all of that has been pretty rewarding actually I think since we got into teaching and I think the experiences overall have been very rewarding learning so much as we go around turning this into a different direction we when we're traveling there's always these times that you know they put you in an awkward place and uh, maybe you can look back at it and laugh, but you know these are the awkward, the embarrassing, or sometimes the hilarious travel experiences. Do you have an experience like that you'd want to share with us? Yeah, we probably had a few. I had a few. <laughs> I mean, the most recent was uh, I got asked out by a guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the village that we were staying in. <laughs> and, and what did he say to you? Oh, I'm. He's like, oh, I'm separated, not a weirdo. <laughs> Said to me. Um, and then we had to go to the pub later on and it's a small village so we had to go to the pub and then he was there and he was like oh hey you're with someone <laughs> like, <laughs> hashtag awkward <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean I don't know it's not really awkward travel <laughs> it's awkward um, and I don't know I really don't know anything that's, that's been very embarrassing <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about embarrassing uh except for the fact that on the way back here i went to put my rucksack on and nearly knocked a, a small child out yeah that was true. <laughs> <laughs> there was a small child stood behind me which i didn't realize and i have this huge like 120 liter military rucksack and i went to sling it on my back and jen goes to me afterwards you so nearly took the kid out. I'm like, what kid? It's like the kid that was stood right behind you and basically walked off with the biggest scared for his life look on his face. <laughs> exactly. This was, in, this was in the middle of a train station as well. Excellent, excellent stories for sure. Now, in putting you two on the spot one more time with another story. You know, travel isn't always uh, the best. It, like the experiences that we have aren't all positive. There's sometimes things that happen, as with anything in our life, that are negative. Do you have a, a really bad travel experience or the worst travel experience that you'd want to share with us? There was well, there was things before. Well, again, before I met you, <laughs> but, but when I was a bit younger, I went to Southeast Asia on my own and got on a boat that I think that I thought was the end of me <laughs> I was going yeah. between Bali and Lombok and I really thought I was going to die but to be honest it's kind of instilled a fear of the sea that I didn't have before <laughs> and now I'm kind of very scared of boats yeah. um but and then again yeah the thing is I travel so much but I actually get really sick travel I get motion sick um <laughs> so yeah it's uh, great it's great for you when there's driving involved well exactly so if, if there's a point if Henry's driving I'll just sleep I just sleep when I travel <laughs> just, yeah. these tablets knock me out um, great travel companion you are <laughs> so, oh, oh we're off on the journey alright good night <laughs> I never see anything in anyway. um, <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty sucky um, and to be honest the, the last journey that we did was probably the worst just because everything that could go wrong did go wrong like you know our connections were late uh so we missed trains and then we had to rebuy more expensive tickets you know cancel tickets and rebuy more expensive tickets and getting 
to places like hours later than we're supposed to be and it's like after midnight you're wandering the streets of a city you don't know and things like that like yeah, yeah that was probably the most stressful uh, journey I've had recently it was last week yeah yeah I, I think the only only other time that we've really had real problems is uh, when we were doing the ski season because we we're stuck up a mountain mm. and so sort of like five months in like serious cabin fever fever setting in because you just can't basically get off the resort especially with the jobs we had and and so so we did go through a bit of a rough patch then because <laughs> like it's like we see each other 24 <laughs> 7 yeah. we can't get and we're stuck in the same resort 24 7 and it's like ah, i need something different <laughs> obviously with all these different experiences that you two have been through and the amount that you two have traveled together it has an impact on your relationship. So my next question is, how has all these travel experiences and all these travels that you've two been on, how has this all affected your relationship? And in what aspects has this affected your relationship together? Well, I think there's been times where, like, like that ski season, where it's been sort of almost a breaking point. But I think sort of we've come back stronger and we, we've sort of worked out ways that, we can work in sync a lot better. Yeah. I think the most important part is just learning to keep doing our own thing. Like Henry hates uh, like modern art, yeah. art or anything. To do with I, don't, I don't understand <laughs> modern art. Give me, give me like a Raphael or a Da Vinci or something classical. I understand it. It's a nice picture. Modern art. Yeah. It's nothing. <laughs> it's just random stuff put together. <laughs> Whereas, I want to do that. So <laughs> I want to go and see all of that. So we have like our own little things that we do. Like we always separate yeah. um, our time, the things that we want to do and stuff like that. Because sometimes there's invariably things in, in different places that one of us wants to do that the other one doesn't want to do. So we're, we, we worked out quite quickly that it's, it is best to sometimes just take time, go and do your own thing. You don't always have to be in each other's back pocket. Yeah, it's like because we do live together twenty four seven, and um, live together. We are together twenty four seven. So uh, I think the longest I've spent away from Henry was about a week, uh, yeah. which was last year. Yeah. Uh, sorry, earlier on in the year, um, where I had to go home for something. So, um, yeah, and, and think about that's what like, three years of <laughs> being been together constantly so but i think we don't to be honest we don't really argue well, we were talking about this earlier yeah we don't really we, we we bicker and we're sort of like uh, over over the small things like any couple does but we, we allow ourselves to bicker and everything but we never let anything become big we're we're, we're, we're very good at communicating with each other if, if something's troubling one of us we'll talk about it yeah, which is definitely something that you've learned during well, as we travel yes. as well, because maybe something you weren't so open to before no. we travelled. No, no, <laughs> I was really bad at communicating. Yeah, and and what about travel has really helped your communication together? Uh, can you get into a little bit of that? Well, I, th I think if nothing else, being in lots of different countries where you don't speak the language. So the only person you can really have a proper conversation <laughs> with is each other. 
Like yeah. that kind of forces you to talk to each other. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I like that you you brought up. Uh, you know, just because you two may not have a, a similar interest uh, in terms of art and every everything like that, you you're able to you know separate for a little bit and to pursue what you're interested in uh because you are spending so much time together at at different destinations and everything like that but getting into what you're doing at a specific destination you know planning a trip and everything like that how do you decide what destination is next what you're going to do how does all this get decided that's an easy one jen decides (laughs) Jen's a, 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 an uber planner. She likes to plan everything. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to say that. Yeah, for me, I do, I do get inspired by like blogs that I read and Instagram and social media. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, what's this place? Um, and I again, think I think a lot of our a, a lot of the destinations we do in in concert with each other. Sort of, we mm. we we talk and. We're trying to think about places that are, say, easy to get from one destination to the next. So we're not looking at going, say, from from Germany to America to Australia, etc. It's more things that are close that we can do things like train or bus rather than plane. Uh, but when we're actually somewhere, Jen like goes, "Okay, I want to see this. I want to see that." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just <laughs> I. Well, I do. We do like to. Henry likes to wander, so I think we complement each other in that way because Henry will force me to wander and just happen upon things. Whereas I will read, you know, lots of blogs and get little ideas, and I always try and look for local tips wherever I go as well, if I can. Yeah, I'm I'm a great one for going. uh, Sort of what we where we want to get to is vaguely in that direction, um, and we'll just start walking random streets. In, in the sort of vague direction that we need to go and, and invariably stumbling across something quite interesting in the process. Yeah, and we found lots of cool things like yeah. that, like a video game museum in Prague, which we spent all day in <laughs> instead of actually sightseeing. Yes. <laughs> we got a bit distracted in there. It had every console ever. <laughs> and you could play them all. <laughs> yeah. Great. Um, so, yeah, don't ask us what to do in Prague. <laughs> Is it is it safe to say that you two are more into the the longer term travel? Like how how long are you staying at a specific destination when you're going house house sitting? I think most places it's sort of one to three months. Uh, there are there are sort of short term ones, um, but it's all sort of balancing the idea of how long we're in a place versus how much it costs and and how much travel is involved to get there. So sort of you can find ones that are there for like a weekend or something like that. For us, it, unless it's sort of like down the road, we're not going to take it. We're looking for something that's probably a week, two weeks minimum, more looking towards the sort of month to three months. We also want to experience the culture of a place. So it seems a shame to fly into a country for a couple of days and fly out again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I guess what we're doing is 
slow travel um and yeah just to really get to know a place and get to know locals you know they ask you out on the street and then yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's like nice even where we are in england just now is next to it's near henry's family um but we're still using the opportunity to travel and see things around here that we're I've not seen maybe yeah. seen. <laughs> um and that's nice it's, you know it allows you to do that and obviously to to work as well so yeah so when you are choosing the next destination with so many different uh you know variables that you talked about in that last answer there considering the distance how much it's going to cost you to get there uh, you know, what you're going to do there and as well as, you know, is it a destination that you want to be at for a significant amount of time being, you know, more than a month? Is the, is the list of choices fairly small of the places that you can actually stay? Because you're also looking for a place that you can actually house it at. Is the, are the list of places that you can go to small enough that it's very easy to say, this is where we're going to go? We, we spend a lot of time applying for various sits and sort of going, okay, we've, we've either, got, we're either trying to find something that's after a, a sit where we're in a certain place or trying to fill a gap. And so we, we sort of, it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle piecing it together. Yeah, for sure. I think um, when I was kind of first looking at this, I did think it was a bit more limited. Well, it's fine in Europe. You can visit most countries. There's sits in most countries in Europe yeah. um, when we get further out. But I think what, uh, it gets a bit harder, but I think what um, happens is like each country kind of have their own websites that you have to just figure out what they are yeah. <laughs> along the way. Um, that's happened. But yeah, I think, yeah, exactly what you said. <laughs> we... There's a lot out there. It's sort of limited, but then again, like we're we're also able to travel while we're there, which is nice. Or travel in between. I mean, the gaps in between is obviously our travel time. Um, so, for example, next uh, February we're going to the Alps um, and to look after eleven cats, which is <laughs> it's pretty crazy. In a, flat. Uh, in a flat. Eleven eleven cats in a flat. Yep. Um, <laughs> try, try saying that three times quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but then Henry's uh, looking to go snowboarding while we're there. So it's kind of like a reason because he's not been boarding in ages. So yeah, like, yeah let's do sit in the Alps. Um, but between that, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we plan on traveling up through Germany um possibly hitting Denmark, Sweden. And then we've got a sit in Norway. So... You can do it like that. You can, you know, organize things so you can have a bit of travel in between. And... Yeah, yeah, it's lots of tra- lots of traveling in in between the sits. Yeah, exactly. So when you're when you're applying for one of these house sitting uh, destinations, is it is it a lengthy process? Like how how far in advance are you planning the next destination and and applying for that house sitting? Jen's currently got us booked up to December next year. I said she likes to plan. It 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 really depends on on what goes up when. Um, sort of, we we basically booked ourselves up for the next year now. Um, so we'll spend the next year being a bit more selective about our, our sits. 
before we were just sort of applying to pretty much every single one we could find, um, not really quite knowing what we were doing. But now, now we're starting to take a bit more time and, and cherry pick them a little bit more. But it's just like applying for a job, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of once you have something set in stone and then you can work around that. Yeah, <laughs> So it's like uh, we've got a summer in Bulgaria, so that's three months. So everything else, we can kind of work around that and know where we have to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, I have a, I have planned a year in advance, and I, I already know where we'll be this time next year, uh, which is we'll be in Greece. So I'll be the same. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what you said. Yeah, I, I think the process itself is usually fairly quick. Sort of the the crucial thing is is getting applying to these things as soon as they go up. Yeah, we have like um, one website, Trusted House Sitters, which is the sort of biggest of them all. Um, and you can have the app on your phone and you can set up alerts. So you can set up alerts for searches, like places you want to go to and things. Um, so uh, when something comes up, you'll be notified straight away. And there's uh, some people do take their time getting back to you, but <laughs> a lot of the time they just kind of want to get it um you know, um, over and done. So, um, and sometimes it's literally sort of they'll take the first couple of responses that they get mm-hmm. and sort of shortlist those and and sort of go right. The first one I I I, I got. I'll, I'll see what they're like. Give them a quick interview. If they're good, right, that's it sorted. If not, I'll move to the second one. Yeah, I pretty much think that you have to be within like the first three applicants or so. Maybe not always the case, but um, I think you have to be really quick. (laughs) You have to be like. And then, can you talk a little bit about the application process? Like, what goes into an application, and then where does it go from there? They reach out to you, they interview you. Do they always interview you? And like, what kind of questions do they get into? Can you kind of get into the process of that? When you apply, so I guess it's different on different sites but normally they'll put up an ad um and it will have some kind of function where you can um apply for the sit and usually what i do is i tailor every single application like i don't okay i guess i kind of say the same things because uh, the experiences and uh, the experience that we have is obviously the same but um Tailoring it to the animals, etc. Yeah, like we'll talk about, like if they've got a specific type of dog, maybe I've, uh, or maybe we've looked after that yeah. kind of dog before, or something like that. Um, a bit like you do with a cover letter when you're applying for a job. You yeah. don't, you don't just send out the same letter to everyone. You, you do a little customization to each one. Yeah, exactly. So it is exactly like a cover letter for a job. Like if you can think of it like that, um, because you have your profile already on the whatever website it is um, and they can read your profile but what you want to give them is um, a reason to like you (laughs) a reason to pick you Um, so normally I always you know say hello and uh, to the owner and the pets and I put all their names (laughs) like hello Um, and chat about um, our experience uh, what we can uh, bring to it. bring to the sit and stuff like that, um, and sort of reassure them that we'll you know we'll keep in contact and we can keep a clean house and da 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 we can do all that, um, and yeah and just send it off 
and you wait for the response and hopefully uh, by the time you write that hopefully you're still in the uh, one of the first people's get in touch with them um, and I think because sometimes on these sites like they can get just a barrage of applicants I've seen ones with like 50 60 applicants at a time and it's like that's just that's just too much for anyone to deal with. So. Yeah, on some of the smaller sites, it's not quite the rush. Like we've got one uh, in Czech Republic that we got off another site called House Caters, and this lady, really nice. Her family have this farm in the Czech Republic, and they invited us to come stay. But that that listing had been up for ages, yeah. <laughs> uh, for like a you know a couple of months. So sometimes if you see something, it's just worth going for it. Um, yeah. because it kind of, I guess, for sitters, it depends where they are and what they're doing, what their plans are. Because um, a lot of sits are in remote places sometimes, and it can be people might find that quite hard to get to. Yeah, or, or struggle with the idea of living in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And we're also um, more... Let's, more attractive uh, I guess uh, a more attractive proposition as a couple um, homeowners tend to prefer couples because if one of you gets ill or you know there's someone to keep you company because you are in rural places sometimes or a lot of time um, so yeah if something goes wrong there's always someone else there Yeah. Um, so we have found that people will prefer to take on couples over maybe solo travellers or families. Yeah. There, there are ones that we've seen that have, we've applied to that have said sort of single person only. Um, mm. Usually that's because it's a small flat somewhere mm. and they've only got a single bed or something. Um, but certainly a, a lot of them look tend to look very favourably on, on, on the idea of couples coming and sitting. Yeah, and if you can get past like the first bit, usually what happens is you have a Skype interview or um, something like that. Well, yeah, so I think it's pretty much all been Skype interviews. Yeah. Uh, we've had the odd occasion where people literally just message us back and say, oh, you sound great. Um, do you, you want? To, there you go. Do you want to accept the sit? And you're like, but to be honest, like, we, we do, we have accept, we accepted this one like that. <laughs> um, but we do always organise a phone call as well because I don't want to go into it because I need to know where I'm going as well yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm going to sit for who we're going to sit for you um, need you need to get a feel for the people both both mm-hmm. in both directions so they need to get a feel for you you need to get a feel for them make sure everyone's absolutely happy before you you cut yourself off to to the middle of nowhere and, and find that uh someone someone's pulled a fast one on you which unfortunately does happen but very very rarely yeah. So it's 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 all about so making making sure sort of you're happy with the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest thing I'd recommend is to have a phone call or have a Skype call or something because yeah, you don't want to you kind of want to know what you're getting into um, for everyone's peace of mind. Yeah, um, invariably they'll also introduce you briefly to the animals and everything so you can sort of see the animals and everything mm-hmm. beforehand. And, exactly, and they like. When you're on a call, they mostly just want to know about your your experience and if you're uh, if you are who you say you are um, yeah. as well, and see that you're nice or get a good vibe from you because obviously you're going to be looking after their little fur babies. <laughs> so um, 
they want to know that you'll be a kind of a good person to be around, you know, for their yeah. for their doggles or their cats or whatever. Or alpacas. After yeah. <laughs> now, kind of wrapping this, like, discussion about house sitting up, what uh, what 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 are you normally doing as a house sitter? Like, what's the the you know usual thing that you're doing? Taking care of pets, taking care of the house. Like, what are and then updating the the guests or not the guests? Updating the hosts about the uh, about your time there. What what do you have to do when when you are house sitting? It really depends place to place. But mainly mainly looking after pets and and, and houses. Um, although sometimes you do find rare places that it's just the house. Uh, there is a certain amount of updating the owners, but it, it really depends on, on the owners. Uh, we've had ones that sort of want photos and videos like twice a day of their animals, all the way through to our current ones that are like, eh, don't contact us unless anything's wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, send some updates. They don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we don't expect daily updates. Just send us sort of odd updates. But we're on holiday. Don't contact us unless anything's wrong. Yeah, I do see like keeping the house nice and clean and stuff like that. I see cleaning as part of the job. Well, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you've got to treat the place like it, it's your your home because because it is someone's home. So you've got to respect the place. You've got to keep it clean and tidy. Um, and all that you can uh, the kind of sets that we've done uh, we've also volunteered to do any jobs around the house which isn't necessary in house sets especially if you're just doing it like us like basically we do it for free accommodation um, as we work online and then all of our costs just purely go into travel and food well, like yeah. travel between places and food um, whereas like bills and accommodation are free there are house sitters that charge for their services like professional house sitters i think they tend to mostly be the kind of house sitters that are based in one place and just you know pets it in the local area yeah um that pets around um but yeah for for us henry definitely likes a little diy job here and there (laughs) <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm definitely Mr. Uh, Budget. <laughs> so we do offer that anytime I apply, I or anytime that we are interviewed, we always ask like, do they want any jobs done or something? Like for just now, the set that we're doing is like for like a sort of elderly couple, so um, it might be quite nice to do things for them around the house. I think there's a few jobs that he's uh, <laughs> pointed out for you. Yeah, the, uh, the couple of bits that I'm eyeing up. Um, mainly dependent on weather. Yeah, exactly. So I guess while we're on a set that we're, you know, we're just um, working online uh, to our different schedules. Like Henry will work during the day and I mostly work at night uh, or in the evening. Um, And looking after pets, um, going on walks and, well, going on walks with the pets, (laughs) with the dogs. Uh, Sometimes the cats as well. Like you do get get the odd cat that likes to go for a walk. and yeah. taking deliveries if they've ordered stuff. Yeah. Sort of just general sort of run in the mill, treat it treat it like your house kind of thing. Yeah, I'm doing doing little jobs. I think like there's little things that are nice to do, like maybe if um if the timing matches up to like make your host um dinner when they come back from their holiday and especially if they're coming back sort of reasonably late in the day and they've had a long travel like and like henry's going to drive 
um, to pick them up from the airport after this bit. Um, and yeah, just do little nice favors for them here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we've had it, we've had a few where they've asked us to, to sort of be flexible on our, our dates because sort of like, um, they, they've sort of needed a, a couple of days extra here or there. Um, so uh, sort of calendar permitting sort of also sort of it's, it's very good to be, to be as flexible as you can for, for these people. Yeah. So yeah, basically just home care, pet care. And if you feel like it and if you, <laughs> if you're good at being <laughs> DIY or little jobs here and there, like. So for the, for a couple out there that is just going to go on their first trip together or maybe they're getting into their first house sitting job together. Do you have any advice in terms of their relationship and travel when if they're, you know, going on their first trip together? Pack light. <laughs> yes, that is the number one thing. <laughs> Do not take a rucksack that will break your back yes. <laughs> yeah. like we have currently. <laughs> so. After having spent the best part of about 18 months or so living around Europe, We've got two very large, very heavy rucksacks that basically weigh the same as small people and lugging them around on transport just kills us all yeah. the time. Which it may seem a small thing, but you will argue about it um, because you will be angry <laughs> that it happened to carry such a large weight. Yeah, <laughs> like our journey back here took us 29 hours because we caught the bus from Munich back to London uh, and then the train up. And when you've been lugging these huge rucksacks on and off buses for over a day with barely any sleep, you do start to, to snap at each other. So. Yeah, we had, we literally we had an argument inside the train station in London because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he wasn't moving fast enough. <laughs> so and she like, basically ran on. off and left me so she could catch the train. <laughs> But let's get this finished. Um, but yeah, I think overall, actually, we do have a couple uh, that we know um, from when we, we were living in Bratislava. And there is a couple that we know who have just started their travels in Asia. And we had sat down and had a chat with them before they left yeah. and decided they decided to quit their jobs and travel full time. And um, so I think, I think what was the advice we gave them? I think we just said to... Again, always make sure that you're able to do your own thing. Spend a little bit of time yeah. to yourself. Have some you time. <laughs> and, uh, and and communicate. Like, yeah. if, if there's something bugging you, even if it's about the other person, don't let it fester. Like, get it out. Talk about it. Yeah. Uh, because when, when you're stuck together for such long periods of time, the smallest thing, if left, can fester and become something major. Yeah. You need to deal with it quickly i don't know if it helps like because we were working oh yeah we kind of started this journey working together um in uh, in festivals and on uh, in hotels and things like that um so we, we became really accustomed to just working as a team on a sort of professional level and mm. um not being uh, kind of separating almost, almost kind of separating the relationship from the the task at hand um for a bit for you know a good year and a half or so um so we became quite adept at doing that and yeah. then we moved somewhere where it was more kind of we had a flat and when we lived in Slovakia we had a flat for a year um 
it became more a bit more of what we were before we went traveling <laughs> and now it's kind of a combination of that now <laughs> um, yeah we've sort of found, we've sort of found our our happy middle ground yeah now it's it's not like the la the last year in Slovakia for me certainly was just work 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 I was working crazy hours and mm. we just did not get to to travel um so so you need to find that happy happy balance between work and play yeah. um but also within your relationship as well yeah just like we make each other we make each other laugh you know <laughs> you have to um not take things so seriously sometimes yeah. i think sometimes i'm guilty of that <laughs> and henry's like lighten up come on <laughs> but there again um, i'm the opposite like yeah. i d i rarely take anything seriously yet to me, everything's a big joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I know really annoys Jen at times. Sometimes, but. But it's, then, yeah. it's playing to your strengths, your yeah. similarities, and your differences. Yeah. As I said, I, I'm, I'm very laid back. You can be a bit serious about things, and we, we allow those differences to balance out to a sort of nice, easy, sort of calm atmosphere. <laughs> sometimes yeah exactly you, you talked a little bit about uh you know working while while you're traveling in, in there and i want to start talking a little bit about that briefly here uh in addition to what you're doing online with hoopla adventures but can can you talk a little bit about what you're doing while you're traveling for work and in how you find this work and can you get into a little bit about that i'm tefl qualified teacher well selfie yes okay i'm selfie yeah the, the, I'm the fancy TEFL teacher um, and so I've just spent a, a year teaching in Slovakia and now as we travel around I'm taking that experience and moving it to online teaching uh, mainly through a service called Cambly uh, where you can sort of be as long as you're a native speaker you can mm. you can use it um, and they pay you based on every minute that you talk and you, you build up a, a, a group of students, but initially you just basically sit online and random students contact you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might be for five minutes, sometimes it might be for half an hour, sometimes it might even be for an hour. Mm -hmm. um, and you just basically sit there and talk to them and have conversations. Um, and sort of you, go, you go from there. We get regular students. You can start to have, have sort of some kind of structure to the lessons but a lot of the time it's, it's just sitting down talking, allowing them to practice their English you're picking up on little errors that they make trying to help them become more fluent and you're also a new journaler today as well so yeah I've, I, I, I've just got in with uh, another one which is brown cow English um, they're more of a, a, a sort of structured school-like uh, service using some other materials. Uh, so, and so that sort of fixed uh, um, scheduled lessons with, with a, a, a select number of students. And there, there's other services out there. I think sort of there's things like italki, etc. And they all do sort of somewhere between the, the full conversational all the way up to the very structured school-like lessons and everything in between. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up these different things. I, I've actually never heard of them before. I'm, I'm familiar with VIP Kids, 
but you're kind of stuck to a schedule with that and they expect you to sign on for a year and everything like that but these other tools are are you basically at your own free schedule to be able to hop online to teach or you know how does that kind of work cambly you you literally sign on when as and when you want uh they have a system called priority hours um which you can you can sign up for uh and it says that you will be on for that hour um and you have to take any calls that come through but as part of that they guarantee that you will be paid for at least 15 minutes out of that hour so even if you speak to no one for that hour you will get paid for 15 minutes um but you really do get to choose your hours you you choose what what your availability is for students to make bookings with you you um and even if you're not down as being available you can just go online and show that you are available to talk and calls will come through to you yeah, that's really fascinating. Uh, and it's always great to get like a, some of these different tools that are online for you to, you know, earn earn some money while you're traveling and to to get you on, on that way. And and Jenny, what about yourself? What what do you do when you're on the road together? So I've so after years of um, falling out of love of journalism <laughs> and <laughs> saying I wasn't going to go back to that, um, since we started keeping our little. Um, our blog and then it kind of went and <laughs> sort of ex- expanded um, as the years have gone on. Uh, I've kind of fallen back in love with writing and <laughs> again, that kind of thing. So I've been uh, kind of doing a bit of travel writing, um, pitching people as well, pitching magazines and whatnot. Um, and yeah, spent a lot of time looking at also like um copywriting and things like that is something i used to do back home so um and if you can get sort of consistent writing work it's probably more sort of content writing or copywriting or something like that um so a mix between that and then pitching my own ideas and um getting little writing gigs here and there um uh, is basically what i've been focusing on i guess it's not um yeah it's quite uh, busy, I guess. And <laughs> um, we have to, because we only have one laptop at the moment. When we go home, uh, and we're going to get another one, so we will have two laptops. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, we're just—I'm kind of having to fit my writing around Henry teaching. So normally, we're having laptop boards. <laughs> Henry sort of teaching normal hours, I guess, like ten till five kind of thing. Um, and then I'll either try and write a little bit in the morning before he gets on and then again in the evening after he's done um and it's good it's been working so far yeah <laughs> so, yeah because i can uh, only do my teaching on on the laptop uh, i can't i can't use other services like tablets and phones and things like that i have to use the use the laptop for my teaching yeah so technical issue. Yeah. um and uh, for when we tra- go to leave the uk again we're going to look into getting a hotspot well uh, just so that we have um, reliable internet. Yeah, but, but at the moment, all our sits and everything, we've been gearing it around making sure that we've got good, good internet and good Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. So as uh, time goes on, I'm hoping to get more and more uh, writing jobs. And I mean, I'm not doing too bad so far, um, no. but um, definitely 
going into next year. I also want to expand our website. I'm actually, um, my brother is sort of studying web at the moment and he's going to help me redesign our website next year. So we will have a shiny new website uh, and I've got a lot of plans for it. So hopefully that'll be quite exciting. Yeah. Um, and I can sort of um, use that as our, as a bit of an income as well. So. Now, getting into that, you know, you talked about your website a little bit. Let's let's talk a little bit about Hoopla's adventures to kind of round out this interview as we close down here. And, you know, you talked about where the name came from, uh, but who who came up with this name? Like, how did, how did you settle on this name? Okay, we settled on it. I think I, I mean, just came you up with it. You settled on it because you, were, you didn't like the name that I came up with. <laughs> You you went. That's a silly name. That's not going to work for a website. So uh, I'm going to choose a name, and this is what it's going to be. And I went, yes, dear. All right. Yeah, that's like. A, well, I guess I quite like the idea of like. Yeah, my whole thing was like, yeah, it's like we're running away with the circus and that. Um, so that's good. We have thought about changing it, but because <laughs> now it's kind of you know morphed into another thing, but. I don't know. It is kind of our identity now. Yeah. And continuing with that, when I know you talked about, you know, starting it to keep in touch with with family, and a lot of blogs start that way. And but what was why why start a blog to do that? And why when did this kind of start? Did this did you start it before you went on your first travels together, or did this start part way through? As like this is what we're going to do to to be able to accomplish this. We'd, we'd always talked about doing it before we left. Can yeah. you run by? <laughs> why why why? Um, well, I I think it was sort of initially initially just to catalogue our festival travels, but then for when we start going to slightly more weird and wacky and remote places and time differences and everything sort of our family can't necessarily always be on the end of skype etc so this way they they can sort of at least sort of see what's going on where we are sort of keep track of us that way yeah i think i had for i mean i really it's not that i didn't like um journalism or being in P, pr necessarily it was just I, I never really got to be creative and my own authentic self. You <laughs> bit like, you know, I, it was somewhere that I could just an outlet for me as well, um, yeah. to be able to write, um, and yeah, just be a little bit creative and write about the things I wanted to write about and, you know, yeah. so, so express ourselves and our, our lifestyle choices. Yeah, exactly. Now, with everything that goes into a blog and all the different aspects, including, you know, having the social media channels, there's so much work that goes into it. But where do you find the time and how do you balance this work between the two of you to be able to fit this in during your travels? It is quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more that goes into it than um, people think. <laughs> yeah, I, I will admit that you do most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I kind of give Henry write writing assignments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm sort of like sometimes little little more than an employee of the blog. Uh, I'm given yeah odd, odd articles to write, etc. Or I'm I'm allowed to sort of occasionally come up with my own ideas. Um, 
but yeah, certainly in the social media, you you sort of you allow me a little bit of access, but basically <laughs> manage most of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I kind of, I guess I knew a bit more about it because I used to run social media channels for organisations like charities and stuff. So, um, so I kind of knew, yeah. <laughs> knew my way around it a little bit. So. And and I'm sort of, I'm sort of learning on the job. Learning on the job. I'm also I'm also sort of unfortunately kind of old where I just about know my way around Facebook, but. Instagram kind of came along and sort of passed me by a little bit. Um, so, so some of it I, I sort of fully understand because I only use it. Yet. Uh, Jen sort of use, sort of does most those sort of sides of it. Yeah, I kind of do it well because Henry's. Well, I guess it works out just now because Henry's taking the laptop during the day. So actually, that means at the moment during the day I can be on social media and scheduling things and Pinterest and Facebook groups and uh, yeah. putting the, doing SEO and da, 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 writing up oh, my phone um, and then edit it later um, on the computer. So do we take all our photos on your phone so you can sit, so sit there and edit them and post them and everything? Yeah, I'll, I, I can have like Lightroom on my phone and stuff so I can sit and edit photos and stuff so yeah i guess when henry is teaching i am still kind of working on that yeah. <laughs> um otherwise i'd probably just be sitting around watching <laughs> at, the, at the moment watching, watching christmas yeah movies. watching christmas movies <laughs> so, um so we do have like tablets and like you know phones that i can still do all that so keep up with uh, all of that as well yeah I know you you two have learned so much about you know travel and everything that you're doing since you know that first trip that you took together. So my question for you is, what is that one thing you wish you'd known from the beginning? That thing that you know right now that you wish you'd known from the very start. Don't work. Don't assume trains are running to time. <laughs> yeah, like like if you can. Like try and build in a, sort of a decent amount of flex into your travel plans. If you have to wait for a, a layover for two hours, that's fine. Ten minutes is not enough. I mean, this is amazing coming from a person who likes to show up two minutes before. Yeah. The train. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's fine. I'm but... the kind of person that's you know turns up to the airport five hours early. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, being or ha yeah, having that flex uh, in your travel plans definitely. It's a big thing. Um, what other things or anything else that we not regret, but <laughs> that we can don't don't be surprised about how many people around the world talk English. Like, we've gone to some pretty remote places, and it's sort of English seems to be at least to some sort of level so like try and learn the local language but sort of you, you don't be surprised if they suddenly start talking english back at you <laughs> yeah well i think like we i definitely like to learn a bit of the language before yeah. i go but um i i think from for me um maybe no i've never really been scared but i know other people back home who are maybe a bit more anxious about traveling and seeing the world as this big bad place sometimes and i think definitely people are so like, just everyone is so much nicer than than, than you think <laughs> like, 
places are, you know, they don't feel, doesn't feel unsafe. Yeah. Um, even when I went to Asia, it was the same. People are so welcoming. Absolutely. And and there you have it, Jenny and Henry, sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and joining me here. Oh, well, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks so much, Mike. It's been great. I just want to give the two of you the floor. Let our audience know where they can check you out online, how they can reach out to you, and anything you want to leave them with. Yeah, sure. So... Uh, Hoopla Adventures is our blog. It's H O O P L A Adventures, all one word. Um, you can find us online. You can find us on Instagram under the same name. So Jen and Hen at Hoopla Adventures as well. Um, Facebook. Facebook under the same name. Um, and Pinterest yeah. as well. Um, we are we're quite active on Instagram. We're like there everyday stories. Whatnot. So yeah, you, you can speak to us you can ask us questions we get questions all the time actually on there yeah. so yeah we're happy to answer and we're pretty good at getting back to people um and we love making new friends so yeah. <laughs> if you're uh if you're in a place that we're in give us a shout out because we also meet a lot of people um through instagram and in real life as well so yeah we've had a lot of instagram hookups so we're we're always willing to meet new people and exchange stories and advice and everything exactly so there we go join the traveling community Thank you to all of our listeners out there to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 87. That's this episode, episode 87's show notes page. And let us know about what you thought about house sitting. And if you've house-sitted before, we'd love to hear what you think about this as a travel, a way to travel the world with your significant other. And if you'd be so kind, please subscribe to the, the podcast on your favorite podcast app rate and review it it really helps to get this podcast out there and into more people's ears and to get more guests on the show this is mike pletz and natalie hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide